Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the first episode of a podcast I am calling You're Not That Interesting. Uh, it's about my life, and uh, it's going to be a memoir. I'm a bit of a writer, but I never really, you know, get around to actually writing. I'm sure there's some people who can relate to that. But I do have stories I want to tell, and when I was a kid, I, I used to tell a lot of stories just by mouth. I would just come up with them on the spot. So I figured this might be a good way to get my story out there without actually having to write. <laughs> so let's start with the basic reason why this is called You're Not That Interesting. Well, I have been wanting to write a memoir for years, uh, but a lot of people put me down, basically told me not to do it. And uh, in particular, my dad used to say that my story just wasn't that interesting, that who would want to read a memoir about me when nothing really goes on in my life? And to be honest, he's partially true. I don't really do much. I'm playing in my room all day. I've been unemployed for two months, and my daily schedule is wake up at two in the afternoon, watch YouTube videos, play video games, and go to sleep at six in the morning. And that isn't all that exciting. I just listened to that audio back because uh, I need to because I'm like paranoid and have to make sure everything's perfect. And I just realized I said he's not or what did I say? He's he's partially true. <laughs> Very eloquent. Um, another reason why I am not totally sure that anybody's even going to listen because I'm not exactly the most charismatic person or the best at picking my words. Also, I'm just going to say here, hi, my name is Tori. I forgot to introduce myself in the intro because my brain is mush. I'm 25 years old and a college graduate, but you wouldn't know that from how I act and how I speak. But I, I do definitely think that there are people out there that want to hear stories like mine. Because I think everybody has a story that they can tell, something that someone can relate to. Uh, whether it's entertaining or not is up to you. But I'd like to think that my story is at least somewhat relatable and might be helpful to somebody. So let me give you all the reasons why you should listen and why you might actually find this helpful. Even though sometimes even me looking back on my life, I don't necessarily find it all that wise. And I still don't have all the answers. I, when I was less than 10 years old... You know, I was bullied a lot. But even before that, I had symptoms of childhood depression from a very young age. Like, as long as I can remember, honestly. And then I was, I moved around a whole lot. I went to so many different schools. Um, my parents split up. Family dog died that I had my entire life. My relative, two relatives actually passed away within a couple of months of each other. Um... I was left by my mom, you know, with an aunt who, uh, to be frank, couldn't really take care of herself or me very well. Uh, and then I was left with another aunt who was, frankly, abusive in some ways, and and I still love her. And and I don't I don't necessarily know if I forgive her, but uh, it wasn't the worst of what I'd gone through. And and then I went to a boarding school after, and that was the most stable point in my life, but. All of this happened within the span of two or three years, um, and it was a lot, and it heavily impacted me. Um, 
So, even though it may not be all that exciting, it led me to a lot of realizations and unfortunate ones and put me through a lot of trauma. So, so it might seem obvious that I should start with the beginning, you know, where when I was born and and all of that, but I think I'm actually going to start with something a little less complicated and a little more relatable, which is my first love. And I feel like most people can relate to this, you know, except for my my aromantic people out there. High five to you. It's cool. Uh, but I was 16 years old when, when we met. It was at my boarding school. Now, for background, my boarding school was for underprivileged kids, uh, families who were below the poverty line. And I went there my sophomore year of high school. And I met him in the summer before junior year. And we're gonna call him William. So before school, we would go to campus um, during the summertime. And we had about, I think it was like three weeks where we could sign up for activities and we'd do those just to transition between being home and being at school and going back into classes and stuff. So the activities that I chose were self-defense and I did a summer camp thing, which it wasn't really a camp. It was just, I would go on the bus and be there for a few hours and then come back to the school. Uh, but yeah, I, I did those things and I remember at the time I was doing self-defense. So I, we'd have lunch periods and depending on what activity you had, you would go to a certain lunch hour. Well, I had gone to the same lunch hour every day for that entire week because it was the same for self-defense all the time. And I always, you know, sat with my friends and hung out. And this one day I sat down with my friends and there was this guy, William who I had never met before, but he was mutual friends with, with my friends because they were all in stage crew, which, you know, like preparing for plays and things like that. They were all in stage crew together. So we met, introduced ourselves, but we were sort of with our group of friends. So we were mostly talking to the people we already knew because I'm an introvert. He, he was not as much of an introvert, but he was. So all of our friends get up and they leave. Okay. And it's just me and him left at the table. And we're talking, and we're talking about like the most mundane, stupid stuff. Like we were talking about like what our favorite foods are and what we don't like to eat and, uh, and all of that. And I mentioned that I really loved Mexican food and he happened to be Mexican, which I didn't know at the time, but he started talking about like how, how he liked making Mexican food. And, and we were talking about how I don't like seafood, blah, 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 whatever mundane stuff, like I said. Well, he realized that he was actually at the wrong lunch. He was never supposed to be there in the first place. So we might not, not have met. And we probably would have met around school somehow through our mutual friends. But at this moment, this was just pure coincidence and luck that we met. Well, me being me, I like immediately developed a crush on him, even though I knew basically next to nothing about him. So I get home to which we lived on campus again and we lived with uh, these other girls. I'll go into more detail about this in another story, but I get home and I'm talking to a girl in my student home. We'll call her 
Courtney. So I'm, she's my close friend and I'm like, Courtney, I met this really cute guy at school. Like we met at lunch. He's mutual friends with my friends, but I don't remember his name because I'm, I'm terrible with names. So I just think, oh man, it, we're, I'm never going to talk to him again. Like this is drama in high school. I could have just asked one of my friends that knew him, but of course I didn't think about that. And also I was like, super shy, so I didn't want anyone to know that I, like, sort of liked him. So my friend Courtney goes, let's look through the school yearbook. He's probably in here. Maybe you'll recognize him. And this was the year prior, which I wasn't in the school at the time. So she takes out her yearbook, and we start going through it page by page, because I don't even know how old he is. I'm assuming he was in our grade at this time, but I didn't know. So we, we go through the yearbook, and I found him. I'm like, oh my god, that's him, that's William. Uh, at least I think it's him, I'm pretty sure. So, she's like, oh my gosh, you should, you should, uh, ask him to hang out. And I'm like, for, for, uh, a brief explanation, at this school, they were very strict about ways of communicating. So, we weren't allowed to have our cell phones at the time. This later changed as a rule, but we weren't allowed to have cell phones. We could call other homes where other students were living with a phone directory. Now you had to know where that student was living and you had to ask for them and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't know which, which home he was in. And we also had another way of communicating because we weren't allowed on any social media at the time. Uh, and the only way we could communicate was through email. Well, there was a database of emails. Now brace yourself because this to this day makes me cringe. I don't know why, what I was thinking, what possessed me to do this and didn't think it was weird, but there was a database of the emails of people and you could go through and search for someone's email from the school, their school email, uh, through their name. So I had his name, his full name from the yearbook. I looked him up in the contacts and I emailed him and I asked him if he wanted to hang out Now this school. We got to go, there was an amusement park nearby, and we could go there for free. Uh, so I asked him if he ever wanted to go hang out at this amusement park. And to my surprise, he emailed me back. And, and, uh, it was a surprise to me back then. It's even more of a surprise to me now, knowing how weird I was for emailing this guy I talked to once. <laughs> and he later told me he didn't even remember who I was. It took him a moment. But... Fortunately, he did remember, and he said yes. He said, yeah, let's hang out, okay? <sighs> so a few days went by, and we didn't really have anything in particular planned. We discussed some things, but not really anything in detail. And I don't really think we saw each other. We were mostly just communicating through email. We might have seen each other, like, once or twice in the hallways. But because that lunch had just been a fluke, we didn't have lunch together anymore. So few days go by and then for simplicity I'm just gonna call them RAs for now and later on I will go into more detail about the specifics of the school uh, in a later episode but our RAs planned for us to have an activity at our home so we we students there was like 11 12 girls we're each allowed to invite one person over to watch a movie with us. And we were going to watch The Hunger Games um, in our home. 
So I was like, this is a good opportunity. A lot of the girls were inviting their boyfriends over and whatnot. So I decided to invite William. And he said yes. So he came over and we're watching the Hunger Games and it's the first time we've ever really hung out. And I am like not paying attention in the movie, obviously. He's sitting right next to me. And I'm like freaking out a little bit. My heart's sort of racing. And I put my hand out and we held hands. And at the time it was such a big deal to me. Like I, I had held hands like one time before. Uh, and I was just so nervous. And, and then we later discussed this incident and he was like, yeah, like I didn't expect you to hold my hand. Like it was the first time we hung out. Like uh, looking back, I, I don't, I didn't know how things worked. I wasn't like clingy or anything or like it's not like I rushed things. It was just like, I didn't know when to do certain things. So I just, I just did them when it felt right. And it ended up working out. So we held hands and that was the, I guess our first date. It wasn't really a date, but. So after our first movie date, we actually went on another date that was particularly memorable because it was like our first real date that wasn't in our student homes. Uh, it was still on campus. There was, like, a movie theater on campus where they would have showings, uh, like, every other week. And students from different homes could come. I don't remember the movie they were showing. I th but the reason this is so memorable is because I was so nervous and I wasn't sure if this was a date. Because we, we sort of, I think the first email that I had, I called it a date. But after that, we weren't calling them dates. We were just like saying, let's hang out, let's do this, whatever. So I wasn't sure if it was a date and I was so nervous. Like I have anxiety to, to preface, as if this makes this better. I have anxiety, but I was so freaking nervous that I asked one of the girls from my student home to go with me on the date. <laughs> I ah it was such a mess and like it took some convincing but she went with me and third wheeled the heck out of the date she was like sitting a few seats down from us and he has his arm around me and that's when he introduced me to his uh like friend who was almost like his sister her name was uh let's call her Nancy. I don't know why all the names I'm coming up with sound like they're 50 year old women, but Nancy, Nancy, William, Kathy. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. So he introduces me and Nancy, Nancy and Nancy's like, Oh, William is, is this your girlfriend? She's pretty. Like you better date her, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's so embarrassing because at this point we barely knew each other, but, uh, yeah, so that's why that date is memorable, because I forced my friend to be a third wheel. So, some more time passed, and we didn't really go on any more dates at this point. We were just walking to school together every day, and he would walk me to classes occasionally, and we would walk home from school together. Now, we had to be back at our, our student homes by a certain time, but we would often leave like as soon as we got out of classes, so we would go and there was this pond with a bench beside it and we would always we just started naturally stopping at this bench and sitting there until the other students started to come by and we realized that we had to you know head out and and go back to our homes but this became a pattern for us like every day we would sit at this bench and of course <laughs> as high school kids do they started to notice and 
they would walk past us and be like, oh, look, it's Tori and her boyfriend, or, oh, look, it's William and his girlfriend, like, are you guys dating? And, like, they would come up to us and, like, you know, put their hands on our shoulders and tease us and blah, 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 but, like, it was all good-natured. Now, because this was junior year of high school, we were starting to go on college trips, and what they did was they split up the grade by um, last names, I believe, or something like that. It might have been random, but I got on this bus to go to one of our college trips, and I didn't know anybody on the bus, <laughs> like, and I am super awkward and very, very shy, and everybody's seats were, like, taken up. I didn't know where to sit. And there was this one girl, and she was looking, like, really sad, and she seemed sort of interesting, so I sat next to her, and I was like, hi, I'm Tori, and she was like, I'm Kathy, and, uh, I was like, are you okay? You look, you look kind of sad. And that might seem sort of weird for, like, a first introduction, but I, I genuinely like to help people who, who are feeling down and whatnot. I, I like to be emotional support for people, even if I don't really know them that well. And this would later lead on to my passion for psychology and, uh, future major in psychology in college, but it was just my thing. And she, she opened up very fast. She was like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just my boyfriend broke up with me like a month ago and I'm, I'm really depressed and, you know, self-help books and, and crying and eating ice cream and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, you're cool. And I, I did not get it because I had never been through a major breakup, but I'm like, here for you, girl. Like, it's nice to meet you. I'm sorry you're going through this. Well, this became a, a pattern for us. Every, every day for that week, we would hang out and we would walk together around the campuses and we really got to know each other well. And we became very close friends very fast. But she did, like, often talk about her ex-boyfriend, Kathy. She would just, I mean, it was a major topic point. She would talk about how sad she was and, and she'd heard he was seeing another girl and blah, blah, blah. And it, yeah. Um, so one day I was like, she's talking about him and I'm like man this is this is a little weird like this kind of sounds like William and uh so I asked her I said so what's your ex-boyfriend's name and she says oh his name is William now of course William isn't his real name and his real name is not common <laughs> like he was the only one in the school so she told me his name and my heart sank I was like oh shit. I, I'm the girl that William is seeing. <laughs> so I'm of course still hanging out with William and I should, I should let you know that this all happened within like the, the date with me and him and this, it was within two weeks of each other. So it's like the second week of knowing each other and I am hanging out with him. I'm probably at the bench and I tell him like, Hey, William, like, I met your ex-girlfriend, Kathy, and we've actually become really good friends, but she keeps talking about you, and I don't know what to do, because I didn't know she was talking about you until now, and I feel terrible. Like, she's going through all this, she's crying and, and whatnot to me. Meanwhile, I am seeing her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> and for me... I wasn't going to stop seeing him because of how she felt about him. Like, of course I felt bad, but I met him before I met her and I liked him a lot. And they had also broken up like a while ago. It was like a month or maybe even two months before. 
So he tells me I should talk to her about it, and I knew he was right, and I wanted to. So one day, when we got back from one of our college trips, it might have even been the last trip, I, I said to her, look, Kathy, I need to talk to you. Um, I've actually been seeing William for, you know, about a little over a week. I said, when we started talking, I didn't know that he was your ex-boyfriend. I had no idea. And when you told me, I felt so bad. I said, but I, I met him before I met you, and I really like him. Uh, I'm really, really sorry about, like, about what's happening and what you've gone through and, and me seeing him, but I need you to know that I like him and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be, like, I'm not going to rub it in your face or anything and I'm not, not going to be anything bad for him and whatnot. And she was obviously upset with me. Like, she was like, thank you for telling me, but I just need time. I need space. And that was fine. Like, that was the best response I could have gotten. She didn't act mean or anything. She was just like, look, I need space from you right now, like, because this hurts. Well, a few days later, me and William are sitting at our bench again, and I remember this very clearly. You're sitting on this bench, and he goes, look, um, I don't usually do this in this short amount of time knowing each other, because we only knew each other for two weeks, maybe a little over two weeks. Um, he says, I don't, I don't normally do this so fast. I normally like, like to get a no, get to know the person before I ask them out, but I, this just feels right. And he asked me to be his girlfriend and it was, it was like the sweetest thing ever. And yeah. And then we were dating and I remember some people walked up to us afterwards and you know, they did their usual teasing, like, haha, are you guys dating? And then we were like, yeah, we are. And like, everybody was like, what? Like, like, this was a shocking turn of events. Like, of course we were going to start dating. Then this girl who lived in my home with me, like, a few days later. Now, I am bisexual, and I've been out as bisexual since I was 15. But this girl in my student home came up to me a few days after I started dating William. And she's like, oh my god, I heard you started dating William. I thought you were a lesbian. <laughs> I was like, because I was, like, very pro-gay rights. Like, I, I don't... Like, I don't care that she thought I was a lesbian in general, but even more, it makes sense that she thought I was a lesbian because I was always doing some school project about gay rights and blah, 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 especially because this is a Christian school. I was, like, very open about it. Like, yeah. But it was a day after we started dating and we were walking home together again, and we went to leave and he kissed me. Or I kissed him. I think he kissed me. I don't... I don't remember the details. Uh, I think he kissed me because I, like, freaked out. We kissed, and not to be TMI, but he had, like, tropical lip balm, and I still remember it. It was, it was chapstick, and I still remember it because, like, I could, when I was walking away, I could just taste the, the tropical stuff on my lips, but, uh, we kissed, and then I, like, panicked and turned around and was like, bye, and didn't even look back at him and just booked it home and freaking out. I get back to my student home and I go up to Courtney and I'm like, oh my God, Courtney, we just had our first kiss. Like, and this was not technically my first kiss, but it was the first kiss I had ever had that actually meant something. And that wasn't just like a peck. It was like a real kiss. It was short, but it was, it was, the most meaningful and most, I count it as my first kiss.
And I was freaking out, obviously, like blushing because I blush very easily. And, and she, of course, is asking me for all the details. And I told her about the lip balm and how my lips were like tingling. And then I told her that I just like ran after he kissed me. And then we met up the next day and I can't remember how the conversation came up, but we started talking about the kiss. And he's like, so like, was that okay? Did you like it? I'm like, yeah, like, of course I did. Like, I said, I, I was just really nervous. And he's like, I thought you like hated it because you ran away afterwards and didn't even look back at me. I said, no, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I was just like freaking out a little bit. So Kathy and I actually made up a few days after me and William started officially dating. I met up with Kathy under the clock tower in front of the school before classes and I told her like, hey, we're dating now, um, me and William. Uh, I'm, I'm really sorry and I, I just wanted you to find out from me and not through somebody else. And she was like, she had the best response ever and, and we had only known each other for maybe a week and a half at this time. And she said, like, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I, I can't stop you guys. And all I want is for you two to be happy for both you and him. As long as you're not, like, flaunting it in front of my face. And I was like, yeah, no, of, of course not. I'm, go I'm not going to flaunt in front of your face. I understand that you're still hurting and, and whatnot. So, I, you know, I'm not going to be that person. So me and Kathy actually went on to become, like, best friends through high school. Now, me and William had a lot of, like, things in common. We were very different people, but when it came down to, like, our, our values, our beliefs, and then just, like, weird coincidences, those were all there. For example, both me and him had a pocket watch. Strangest thing to have, especially, you know, as a millennial Gen Z high school student, we both had pocket watches. His pocket watch was broken. So one day, it was probably like a week after we started dating, we were at a football game and we were sitting there on the, on the bleachers and he's got his arm around me and I can't remember how, I think we were talking about the pocket watches and he goes, oh yeah, um, you know how I told you my pocket watch is broken? And I'm like, yeah. And he takes his pocket watch out, opens it up. And he says, I set the time to 3.07. Do you know what that means? And I said, uh, no, what is that? And he says, that's the exact time that I asked you to be my girlfriend. <laughs> that to this day is one of the sweetest things that anyone has ever done. Like, and he, he did one more thing I would say that was even better than that, even sweeter than that. But that just blew me away. It was so cute. Now, this is going to start off, like, pretty sweet and romantic, but I am going to get into some heavy topics here, so just a fair warning. So, as we were dating, William, actually, I, he bought, or I don't know where he got it from, but he had this composition notebook, and we started to write letters to each other every day, like, one to three pages, and we did this because... Obviously, we didn't have phones, and we couldn't communicate through social media, and it was just sort of sweeter and, and more fun to, like, write a letter to each other every day in this journal and then pass it back and forth, uh, either throughout the school day or at the beginning and end of school, whatever. It was really sweet, really romantic, and we would talk about anything and everything. Like, 
deep conversations about our family lives and and more lighthearted conversations and like playing 20 questions and things like that ask, asking each other like stupid questions and maybe a little sexual questions <laughs> stuff like that at the back of the journal we started to do a collaborative drawing so i think the first thing that was drawn was i think i'm i may have drawn the bench that we that he asked me out on and that was our bench and then like he drew his pocket watch and and we just kept adding on and adding on and adding on like things that were significant to our relationship or just whatever we wanted it could be something random as well and when it was finally done he put like tape over it to laminate it so anyways like i said we would talk about some pretty deep topics in in this journal and the first thing that we talked about was well, the first really deep thing was love and we talked about like our definition of love and this this is about two months into our relationship and i think he asked me how i would define love and i i don't remember exactly what i said but it was probably something along the lines of you know it's just something that you feel it can be like familial or it can be romantic or whatever but it's just like you just know when you know it's when you really really care about someone and want to spend a lot of time with them and and it's just a feeling and he agreed and then he asked me in the journal would you say you feel that about me and i wrote back let's talk about this in person so at the end of that school day we met up in person and it was right outside of where he go he would go in for a stage crew and he said so uh, do you, do you feel that about me? And I said, no, I am not going first. You asked. So if you feel that way towards me, you say it first. And so he did. <laughs> he said, I love you. And I said, I love you too. And then we kissed. That was the first time I ever said, I love you to anyone. And it was only two months into our relationship. So a lot of people, you know, when I tell them are like, oh, that wasn't real love. It was, you know, teenage love, puppy love. You can't love someone two months into a relationship, but it was the only time that I've ever loved anybody like that, and and it was real, and I know it was real. But the time for romance and love is over for now, because we, like I said, we have this journal, and I said some pretty deep stuff in there as well, not, not just about love. I started telling him about my depression, and at this point I wasn't diagnosed, but I had thoughts of, you know self-harm and, and and very very dark thoughts that i'll go into more detail in a future episode but i shared those thoughts with him in this journal because i i felt safe telling him these things and it was easier for me to write it down than to tell someone in person and he was like everything i could ask for for someone to support me like in that like he's probably part of the reason that i am still here today now where this became an issue is I was in my student home and I had my journal with me, our journal, and I accidentally left it out. Now, RRAs, uh, residential advisors, I probably should have said that later, weren't actually residential advisors. They were kind of like a mix between residential advi advisors and parents. In any case, they were a couple and one of them was a woman and one of them was a man because, you know, Christian school. Well, like I said, I left my journal out. I started 
freaking out and I was venting to one of my housemates. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know where my journal is. Like, I, I'm really worried someone could read through it. And it, like, if, if our RAs took it, I could get kicked out of the school. And that's what I said. Uh, and I was like, really, really freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, if they find it and read it, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the school. Whether I was kicked out or not, I was like, if they read it, I'm leaving. And the reason I said all this, but I didn't clarify this when I was venting, was partially because, one, I was worried because of the school's policies about mental health, again, something I'll go into later, that I would get kicked out for having, you know, dark thoughts, depressing thoughts, and things like that, and for mental illness. Because there had been people in the past who had been kicked out for that. I also wasn't ready to let anybody know. You know, my dad knew, but he didn't know the extent of it. And so William was the only person who knew. And I didn't want to share that with anyone. It was, it was like, our journal was like a diary for us. And I was terrified. Well, it turns out that the female RA overheard my venting. And they had taken the journal because I had accidentally left it out. Well, she told my, the, the male RA about this, her, her husband, and he called me into his office. He had the journal on his desk and I see it. And you know, I'm obviously freaking out on the inside, internally panicking teenager. My journal's been taken. Um, they're going to know that, you know, I'm depressed and, and blah, blah, blah. This man sits me down in the office and starts flipping through the journal right in front of me, knowing that I'm panicking. You know, I'm like shaking and crying and freaking out. And he's like, oh, I wonder what's in here that you don't want anyone to see. I heard you, you're afraid you might be kicked out. Well, maybe you shouldn't trust boys with this information. You know, I'm just trying to teach you a lesson that, that these you can't trust these boys. What if you break up and he goes around and tells everyone? Because his assumption with the, was that this was something sexual. Now, there were a few, like, flirtatious sexual things in there, but nothing extremely bad. Like, nothing that I would have been, like, mortified at anyone seeing. But I was mortified at people knowing how messed up I was. And he was sitting there and flipping through it in front of my face, invading my privacy, you know, pretty much forcing me into a panic attack, uh, you know, not giving a single shit as I sat there and bawled my eyes out. Well, he fortunately didn't see anything and nothing important and then ended up giving me back the journal. Uh, but he said, oh, I was just trying to teach you a lesson here. Don't share information with boys. You can't trust boys. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> and this is what I was thinking at the time. I can trust my boyfriend. I cannot trust men like you. I cannot trust male adults, especially. And he, that's how he made me feel. I could Not even just male adults, just adults in general. I felt at that point, I cannot trust adults. I cannot share this with adults because they will react like this. So William already didn't like that RA, and with good reason, which I'll go into in a future episode. But I told him about the stuff with the journal, and from that day on, we, anytime we would write something, you know, about my depression or something that we just in general didn't want anybody else to know, we would write it, 
pass the journal off to the other, and once they read it, they would black it out with a sharpie. Well, let's break off from that deep stuff and kind of why everybody hated my male RA. <laughs> and instead, let's talk about something that was a good memory again with William. So one of our, our, it was probably like our third or fourth date was to the amusement park I had talked about earlier that we could get into for free. We went on a bunch of rides together, you know, we both liked roller coasters and stuff. It was a great time, like, it was, it was so fun. And at one point we went on the Ferris wheel and, you know, we were going around and we're like, hey, let's play Never Have I Ever. I'm sure most people know what Never Have I Ever is, but if you don't, you put up ten fingers and then for each finger you, like, you say something you've never done. For example, never have I ever skydived. And then if somebody's done that, they put their finger down. Just brief explanation. So we were playing this, and and at one point I said, never have I ever had a pet skunk, and he put his finger down. He had a pet skunk at one point. <laughs> um, just the most random stuff. And then towards the end of the game, you know, he was losing because I was, like, not experienced at all in anything. And of course, like, teenagers are going to go like, oh, never have I ever had sex, that sort of thing. Well, I said, never have I ever made out with anyone. And of course, he put his finger down and, you know, I never had. And so I won. So it's the end of the date. We're waiting sort of in a secluded area before we're about to get picked up. And then just spontaneously, we made out. And it was nasty and gross. And I pulled away with spit all over my face, like all over my chin. It was so gross. But like, it was fun. But when I pulled away, I hate spit. So I was like, ugh. And of like, of course it was my fault because I didn't know how to make out with someone. And uh, he just looks at me and he goes, well, you got to put a finger down. You lose. Never have I ever. So we ended up dating for about five months and everything went really well. We never really had any big arguments. We would bicker here and there, but it was nothing that ever lasted more than a few hours. Like we would on winter breaks just email each other back and forth because he didn't have a cell phone or like it wasn't activated or whatever so we would email each other back and forth and he would he would call me um i don't want to say because i don't know if i can pronounce it but he'd call me sweetheart in spanish basically and uh we would just talk back and forth and uh, i talked to his parents on the phone and he talked to my mom through <laughs> through my phone and through video chat at the same time. <laughs> so, oh, and he met my dad. There was, he met my dad probably mm, three months into the relationship, maybe even a month, actually. I think it was before we said, I love you. He met my dad and that was so awkward. <laughs> it was a brief meeting. They just sort of like shook hands, met, blah, blah, blah. And my dad actually really liked him, which was surprising because my dad is pretty strict and a little bit of a hard ass. So it was really surprising that he actually liked him. But he, he told me, he was like, yeah, I, I really like that guy. You should stay with William. Like he's, he seems like a really good guy. He shook my hand firmly. He looked me in my eye. And so anyways, things just went, went so well until they didn't. The reason we broke up, it wasn't because things in the relationship weren't going well. Things in the relationship were going perfectly. But this, like I said, was before I was diagnosed with depression. And I had told him about it. But And I had been thinking for a while about going to a counselor, going to a, a therapist that they, they had on 
on campus uh, counseling and things like that. But I was afraid to, and I was in a really, really dark place at this time. And uh, as I got deeper into this sort of hole, I wanted to isolate myself. I wanted to be away from everyone and everything. And I started to hate when he would touch me. I hated, you know, holding hands. I hated having his arm around me. And it, it had nothing to do with him. Like, I still loved him. But I didn't want to be touched. I, I didn't want that emotional connection. I shut down. And I started to realize it. And I was terrified. And I was... I was terrified that he would dump me or that I would end up hurting him because I felt like, what if I'm falling out of love with him? Which I knew, I knew deep down I wasn't, but I was, I was so scared of that happening. And so the same place that we said, I, I love you to each other. It was actually inside the building this time. We were outside when we told each other, it, I love you. And we were in like the corner of the room and we had just kissed and stuff and he was about to go to stage crew, and I said, look, um, I really don't want to do this, but I am not in a good place right now, and I'm worried I'm going to push you away, so I, I just need to be on my own, and I, I, th I think we should break up. And obviously, like, he was upset, like, on the verge of tears, and he would later tell me that he did cry after he left, but... It was, it was so hard, even thinking about it now, because it was so good. It was such a good relationship that, honestly, it's hard for things to live up to that expectation now. Uh, but at the time, I was just suffering so much, and I wasn't in a good place to be in a relationship. I didn't love myself. And so we broke up. But we remained friends, and actually, the day after we broke up, I was heading to class and he found me in the hallway and he took my hand and he said, come on, Tori, let's go. I said, um, where are we going? Like, why? He said, we're, we're going to go to the counselor's office and I'm going to go with you and you're going to apply to get a therapist, basically. And to this day, like, I owe him so much for that. Because he knew I wasn't going to do it on my own. And I had just broken up with him the day before. If anything, I would have expected him to avoid me. To be, like, angry with me, even. And maybe he was, but he didn't show it. He was there for me when I was, like, in a really dark spot. And that's when I got a counselor. And I ended up, you know, later getting diagnosed with depression, getting put on medication. And he basically saved my life. Uh, and that was the end of that. Kind of. We ended up dating again in senior year, but that's a story for another day, and it, it didn't last nearly as long. But we stayed friends for years. We don't really talk much now, but, you know, that will always be a very important piece of my life. So... So, if you've made it all this way, I want to really thank you for sticking with me. So I told this seemingly sort of meaningless, meandering story, but this was one of the most important parts of my life because it really shaped me going on in the future and how I view love and relationships and sex and all of that. Uh, you know, I never 
I never slept with William in the entire total of six months that we dated, five months and then a month senior year. We never had sex. And it was still the deepest, most meaningful relationship that I have ever had with a guy. He taught me how I should be treated and sort of made me picky going forward about who I continue to date. (laughs) Not saying that all the men I've dated are fantastic, because they most certainly aren't, but I usually learn that within the first week or two when they don't live up to my expectations. He taught me that soulmates are real. Now, I sort of always knew soulmates were real in terms of friendship because I also have a soulmate and a friend. But I wasn't really sure if I believed in it in a romantic sense, but I do think he was my soulmate for that time. That He was there when I needed him. And I'd like to think it was the same for me toward him, that we were soulmates at that time. He helped me open up and made me realize that it's okay to express how I'm feeling, you know, even if it's something that the other person isn't going to like. And then Kathy, his ex-girlfriend and my best friend, was one of the best friends I could ask for. And we're not really friends anymore. We, we never had a falling out. We just don't really speak anymore ever since graduating. But she was very, very kind to me, you know, despite me dating her ex and the whole whole complicated situation. She was so kind. And really, honestly, both of them, like, they were a major part of my support system at that school when I was going through all that stuff with my RA. And up until that point in my life, I had never had any serious relationship. I'd never even really dated much in general. I dated one person for one day, uh, had some, like, little thing in fifth grade and had my first real kiss technically, I guess, when I was like five, but this was the first time that I ever fell in love with anybody, that anybody ever fell in love with me, and I want a whole lot of my life feeling, like, bad about myself, honestly, that I would never, no one would ever date me, because I felt, you know, ugly from being bullied when I was a kid. You know, to being asked out as a joke. Because I was sort of a weirdo as well. (laughs) I thought, no one's ever going to want to date me. I'm really awkward and weird. And still, William gave me a chance when, honestly, I probably didn't even deserve that chance. I was so weird. (laughs) So I know this might not be a very interesting story. But it was the beginning of my recovery from depression. My ongoing recovery from depression, because it never really ends. In a way, it was the beginning of me learning to love myself. So please, if you're interested in in hearing about more of my story, check out the next episode. Not sure when I'll release it. Maybe later tonight, maybe tomorrow. I'll get on a schedule eventually. But, yeah, thank you for listening. This has been You're Not That Interesting.